Welcome to Good Girls Talk About Sex. I am sex and intimacy coach Leah Carey, and this is a place to share conversations with all sorts of women about their experience of sexuality. These are unfiltered conversations between adult women talking about sex. If anything about the previous sentence offends you, turn back now. And if you're looking for a trigger warning, you're not going to get it from me. I believe that you are stronger than the trauma you have experienced. I have faith in your ability to deal with things that upset you. Sound good? Let's start the show. friends. I'm so excited about this episode. I know I say it every time. And it's always true. So in the past, my conversations with transgender people have all been with people who were fairly far into their transition process. Lachlan, Tristan and Davina were each several years or even more than a decade into their transitions when we spoke. That's why I'm so excited for this conversation with Kelly, a trans woman who, at the time of this interview, is just a few months into her transition. She's taking hormones and has started to develop some new breast tissue, but voice training, surgeries, all that stuff is no more than a concept she might consider at some point in the future. It's amazing to have this conversation with someone who is so new in her process so that we can hear about the changes that are happening in the moment that they're happening rather than years after the fact. Now, as a reminder, when I speak with trans people on the show, I get to ask questions that would not be appropriate to ask a trans person outside this context. In general, Asking a trans person what's in their pants and what type of sex they have is not cool. But to be fair, it's not cool to ask those questions of cisgender people either. So let's not pretend this is a particular burden we have to observe just for trans people. I also know how uncomfortable it can be for people to approach a conversation with a trans person because they're afraid they'll say the wrong thing. Now, I have some leeway during these interviews that you don't have in day-to-day life because guests come on this show already knowing what it's about. But that doesn't mean that I can run amok like a bull in a china shop and just ask absolutely anything without any concern for the guest's feelings or sensitivities. So I want to share with you the process that I go through for these conversations. Before I hit record, I talk with the guest about the kind of questions I plan to ask about their bodies, about their sex lives, and I get their permission to ask those questions. I let them know, if I ask you something that you're not comfortable talking about, tell me and we'll skip it. During the recording, when we approach sensitive topics, you'll hear me ask for permission or clarification again in the course of talking. And I leave this in the recording so you can hear what it sounds like to navigate these conversations, hopefully with some sense of grace. One more note. It's common for people in marginalized communities to reclaim words that have been used against them. 
For instance, you might hear a gay man refer to himself as a fag. However, people outside those groups should not use those words because people in the dominant culture are the ones who wielded those words for harm in the past. And the same is true here. Kelly uses some words like, quote, tranny, that are specific to the trans female community and should not be used by those of us who are cisgender. Also, in telling some of these stories about past experiences, Kelly uses terminology that would have been used then, but is not used today, like, quote, shemale. All right, enough introduction. Let's get on with the show. Kelly is a 34-year-old transgender woman. She describes herself as white, bisexual, single, and currently exploring open relationships. She has no kids and describes her body as thick. I'm so pleased to introduce Kelly. Kelly, thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited to have this conversation with you. Thank you. So am I. Yeah. So... Let's dive in at the same place that I start every interview. What is your first memory of sexual pleasure? My first orgasm, I definitely remember um, I was in the shower, actually. I was like somewhere between 11 and 14. Mm-hmm. And like I had been trying to figure out how to like how masturbation works for a while. Like and I was doing it kind of weird. I wasn't doing the standard it's kind of tugging at it. And when you say it, do you mean your balls or your penis? Oh, oh my penis. Yeah, okay. sorry. And, you know, then I had an orgasm and I was kind of surprised, like, how much stuff came out. And I was like, <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> Sexual pleasure, though, I mean, definitely was getting boners and stuff before then yeah. and feeling attraction to girls, um, mostly sometimes guys. I don't really remember. Yeah, th- that's the first, like, concrete memory I Yeah. So you said you'd been trying to figure it out for a while. What, like, had you heard about something or read something that made you think this was something to try for? Or was it an internal feeling in your body that there was something you wanted to do and you didn't know how? I, um, trying to remember, I, because I mean, I had, like, I feel like I should have known because I had a pretty comprehensive sex education yeah, it was. I think it was more an internal feeling, I guess. Yeah. At what point did you begin to recognize that perhaps your body didn't match your internal experience of your gender? I didn't figure it out until last year. Mm-hmm. About a year ago, I was really kind of starting to like identify as non-binary online and switching to like the, they, them pronouns. Mm-hmm. Um and was kind of questioning. And then last year in May is when I came out to myself and to my best friend. But then looking back, there were definitely signs and things that made sense. Like, mm-hmm. I, I definitely remember kind of having this attitude where, like, I didn't like other guys and I didn't like kind of traditional masculine Western sports and stuff. Um, but then there were ages where I feel like I kind of went back kind of trying to be masculine, I think, mm-hmm. to fit in and stuff. And then also, like, I remember two occasions uh, where I did try on my my then significant other's clothes. Mm-hmm. First time was her panties, and 
um, I actually shaved down there while yeah. she was out with her friends one time. And I just remember feeling really good. And then I'm like, oh, well, that was fun. Time to put <laughs> that back on the shelf. And yeah. then like years later, one time when I was home alone, I put on her uh, purple nightgown that I really liked. And I actually was rocking a full goatee. And I was looking at myself in the mirror with a goatee in the dress. And I'm like, this is really hot. Like, I'm cool. <laughs> and I felt really good about that. And I definitely had a feeling where, like, I'm not sure that I'm, like, a straight man. And yeah. I kind of need to, like, figure this out. But it was it was more subconscious. And it wasn't until, like I said, last year that I really consciously confronted it and, and admitted it to myself. So yeah. um, I have now used the word penis and balls twice. How do you refer to your genitalia so that I can refer to it appropriately? I actually really like the term girl dick. Girl dick. <laughs> it's okay. cute. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, dick is fine. Uh, sometimes clitty. Mm-hmm. Um, that's more of like a, when I'm DMing another trans girl. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah. But like, uh, but not girl dick is fine. We can use that. Um, girl balls dick. are just balls. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> so you can just call them balls. All are. right. <laughs> and um, when you think about yourself pre-transition, mm-hmm. do you think of yourself as having a penis or a male dick or do you think mm. of it as your girl dick pre-transition that's an interesting question i don't know because like i it's definitely changed like yeah. it works different now it's it's smaller um yeah. i actually like that I didn't expect that but i do uh-huh. like i know it's, it's complicated and it's different for everyone but i i definitely am more on the side of i was always trans mm-hmm. i just didn't know it I don't think I was ever really a guy. I think I just kind of, people said I was a boy and I kind of went along with it. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't that bad. Like, I didn't really have really bad dysphoria until I got into adulthood and started getting hairier. And for a while, it was unconscious. Like, I used to have, like, terrible depression and anxiety and mm-hmm. just I hated seeing myself in the mirror. It was like a stranger looking back at me. And I didn't mm-hmm. know why. I didn't understand why until... One day was like, hey, why am I following so many trans women on Twitter? Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> There's some really funny conversations that happen on Twitter with the yes. like whole, um, they're pipeline conversations. Like this yeah. is how, this is this thing that quote unquote straight cis men do. And then they realize, oh no, I'm actually a mm. trans woman. That yeah. I really enjoy those conversations. <laughs> yeah, Twitter's wonderful. Also terrible sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So when you were a child, what were you hearing from your parents, from, you know, in your school, that kind of thing about sex and sexuality? Um, yeah. So like from my parents, you know, I mean, they definitely, they gave us the talk, you know, and they definitely told me it's totally fine if you're gay or anything, whatever, you know, they, they told, I think me and my, probably my sister that too. Mm-hmm. In fact, one time I came home in tears and like was asking my mom, like, like, mom, am I gay? Because, like, all the guys kept calling me gay, like, Aww. all the time, every day. Yeah. And she's like, well, you like girls, don't you? And I'm like, well, yeah. But, you know, and I think that's what took me so long to realize was because, like, well, I like girls, so I, I'm not gay. Yeah. But 
yeah, it was just confusing. It took me a long time to kind of figure it out. So what they were calling gay was, I assume, some sense of feminine energy about you. Would that be accurate? With the guys? Oh, in my class? Yeah, for sure. I was Mm -hmm. quiet. I was not aggressive. I, um... I actually did have a lot of feminine interests that I sort of like repressed. Like my first, the first CD I ever bought was the Sabrina the Teenage Witch CD, you know, (laughs) and I loved uh, Spice Girls. Mm -hmm. But I've also had stereotypical male interests. Like, you know, I love Ninja Turtles and Power Rangers and Dragon Ball Z and martial arts and, Mm -hmm. you know, video games. And obviously a lot of that stuff is like not really gendered and it's kind of. Well, that's the interesting thing. None of these things are inherently anything. Yeah. But we've coded them that way. But it's, you know, there were certain, I re- looking back, there were certain interests of mine that I had to hide from my peers and others yeah. that were like, okay. So, mm-hmm. but to keep continuing, like to answer your question, like I did get um, a pretty comprehensive sex education at my Unitarian church. There was mm-hmm. a program called Our Whole Lives. So we learned, you know, they taught us everything. <laughs> they taught us about all the orientations, at least that existed back then in the 90s. There's probably a lot. More that they knew today. existed but, back then. Now yeah, we have names yeah, for all sorts of right. things. <laughs> uh, but, um, and we even had some speakers. Like This kind of makes me kick myself sometimes because one of the speakers was a married trans lesbian. Hmm. And I remember the talk because it, it stuck in my mind. She was very interesting, but it somehow didn't click. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> you weren't ready um, yet. Yeah, I just wasn't ready That's yet. That's okay. You know? uh, yeah. So... So it sounds like church was actually a really positive force in your life in terms of sex and sexuality. Yes. I'm so glad I wasn't raised in some like fundamentalist, like (laughs) right wing church. I was raised in the hippie, dippy church. (laughs) If you've not heard of Unitarian Universalism, look it up. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's wild. So So in any of those conversations, other than the trans woman coming to speak to your group, was gender a part of that conversation in terms of there being transgender people no like again it was definitely mentioned as part of the the our whole lives program but like i don't remember my parents ever like kind of like they were like you know it's totally okay if you're gay but they i don't think they were really like super aware of trans people and that's not uncommon they were surprised yeah. <laughs> they were accepting, but they were very surprised when I told them. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what did you hear about male sexuality versus female sexuality? Well, it's funny, actually, because from, like, pop culture and jokes and, like, guys talk, you hear things. The sort of stereotype that I always grew up hearing is that, like, oh, women don't like sex. It's just mm-hmm. the guys or whatever. It's just <laughs> men who want sex. And, you know, as I went through my life and got older, I was like, you know, that is not what I have found mm-hmm. <laughs> at all. Uh, I, like, women be horny, you know, like, I have never, uh, <laughs> if anything, because up until recently, I had only ever, you know, dated or been with cis women. And I, I was usually, not that I wasn't horny, because I can be very horny, but like, I was usually the less horny person yeah. in the relationship. <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> That is a such a stereotype. And sure, mm-hmm. there are plenty of women who have lower libidos, but there are plenty of women who don't, and uh, vice versa with men. Yeah. Um, so 
When did you have your first interaction, be it sexual, romantic, intimate with another person? Oh, yeah. So my first, so like sexual romantic, does that include kissing? Or yeah, absolutely. Just about, okay. So my first kiss was at this girl's house. She was actually, <laughs> I think she was actually my sister's best friend at the time. Oh, no. We had been in the same class together and she was, and like, I think we had a mutual crush and we started dating and I uh, started going over to her house to hang out and we were watching Chronicles of Riddick, I think, Mm -hmm. like on her bed and she was lying with her hand on my chest and um, when I went to leave and like for the night to head home, she kissed me on the patio. Yeah. And then like the next time we hung out, we were just like making out. And what was that like like for you? It was awesome. I love making out. I I I still do. I love... Especially with women, I love to cuddle and kiss and hug. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, I also like the sex part. But for me, it's like emotional connection. When, for my attraction to men, as I'm realizing, is like, I want to get railed. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you know, throw me on the bed, daddy. Yeah. Uh, not that I'm not saying I couldn't ever develop an emotional connection with a man. I'm not like against that. I'm just saying like, mm-hmm. it's different. And I'm also think like I'm just kind of unpacking a lot of the internalized homophobia and bi erasure that I learned from my peers and society mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah. So how old were you when you were making out with your sister's best friend? <laughs> <laughs> mm, let's see, it was high school, mm-hmm. uh, junior, senior year. So I would have been like 16, 17. Yeah. And did it stay at making out or did it progress any further? Um, oh, no, no. Yeah, no, we pretty much just made out. I'm usually not someone to kind of push things to the next step myself because I'm afraid of like, what if the other person doesn't want to and I assumed or whatever. And mm-hmm. I mean, there was some like, I don't know what base it is when you're making out and you're like, I put my hand on her boob. Yeah. Like, Under or over the shirt? <laughs> I, think it was, I think it was over. Uh-huh. I think it was over. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, um. Did you think of yourself as an attractive, desirable person? Um, yeah, I think so. it was weird because, like I said, I've always kind of disliked the way I looked. And back then, when I was 16, 17, it wasn't that bad yet because I, I look back at some old pictures of myself from that age and I was a twink. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I was cute. Like, and like, like I said, as I got older, I think the dysphoria got worse. Um, yeah. There are going to be people who don't know what twink means. Can you describe it? So twink is a term, uh, I think it means thin white into no kink is the acronym, but it's basically like a skinny, like feminine gay guy. Mm -hmm. Looking back at pictures of me from that age, I'm like, wow, I was a twink. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I I never thought of myself as ugly. And like women always told me I was attractive. Mm -hmm. And but, you know, as I got older, that kind of was like more and more dissonant with like the way I felt about myself. Mm -hmm. Like I know I'm attractive. And like looking back now at you know, pictures from a couple of years ago where I had a beard. I'm like, eh, he's hot. <laughs> I do him. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of hot in this sort of awkward, kind of mm-hmm. cute, eggy way. But like, I definitely prefer the way I am now. Yeah. You made out with the girl in high school. What was the next sort of big, important interaction that you had with somebody? Yeah. So the next was my freshman year in college. There was a girl that was in some of my classes who actually was the significant other that I was talking about earlier that I was with for a long time. And we kind of started hanging out. She was um, very curvy. She was a Mm -hmm. big girl, which 
which I like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've always liked curvy gals. Um, and <laughs> Say started- that again for the people in the back, please. There are people who love you no matter what size you are. <laughs> I'm a big woman who loves big women. Thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, curvy gals rock. Um, yeah, so, but, so we started hanging out and like I invite her over to watch movies. I think I asked her to watch, come watch Spaceballs with me. Uh-huh. And also I remember showing her the Animatrix, but we, one time she was over, we just started making out and then she sucked my dick. <laughs> uh huh. Were you expecting that? No. Uh, and actually, the only reason we didn't have sex was because I think it was her period mm-hmm. and i was kind of like on top in her mouth and i because it was my first time like with another person i actually came pretty quickly yeah uh and it was pretty cool and then we started having sex mm-hmm. was that sexual relationship enjoyable for you did you have a lot of pleasure uh yeah i, I mean i did i enjoyed it did you date more people in college yes and no so mm-hmm. i did have a couple more crushes in college but i didn't actually end up like having like another girlfriend at school i did end up meeting a woman who was somewhat older than i am mm-hmm. and ended up in a relationship with her that i did for a couple summers mm-hmm. and that was really that was very instructive and enjoyable in what way like, what when you say instructive just being with an older woman who like really knows what she's doing. Mm-hmm. I've generally actually usually been more attracted to women who are older than I am. I don't really like younger women as mm-hmm. much. Um, but anyway, um, but yeah, so you know, she was uh, blonde, buxom, milf, <laughs> um, <laughs> very sexy, very like sex positive and like no knew what she wanted. And she helped me and I was good at sex and she told me that and mm. she helped me try things and do things i you know hadn't done before what kinds of things uh so she like paddled me mm-hmm. so i asked her to you know like like yeah. and also she um pegged me once uh-huh. or twice the first time i've been penetrated yes yeah. by a, a cis woman um, and did you enjoy that at the time i actually didn't because it kind of hurts mm-hmm. i mean I, in general i do because i actually a lot of times on my own i'll like masturbate that orifice myself yeah. um with objects but you know i think it was just like I, i've actually had like stomach problems like ibs i think due to food allergies for a lot of mm-hmm. my life and that might be part of it because it was irritated and i didn't know not to not eat certain things so that was probably part of it um Uh i actually had a lot of health issues back then that i wasn't aware of so because in general i do enjoy that but i think that particular time yeah and and she also might have been going a little too hard Mm -hmm. yeah and i mean the first time right i I don't know if you did any sort of warm-up or gentle training where you start with something very small and then you get bigger, which is generally what someone in my position would suggest for anal play, Mm. because that is an area of your body that if you're not used to it being penetrated, you have to learn how to relax into it. Yes, you very much do. Yeah, I think we might have been using too big of a toy Mm -hmm. is what happened and not like kind of ramped up to it.
Are you aching to explore new vistas of your sexuality? Do you hear me talk about concepts on this show and think, it makes sense, but I need help applying it to my situation? That's where personalized sex and intimacy coaching comes in. When you work with me, I promise to help you feel safe exploring your sexuality. Together, we'll look at your needs and desires without judgment and help you figure out how to fulfill them. There's no single answer that's right for everyone, so I'm going to help you discover what's right for you, and we'll go at your pace. That's the pace that respects your emotional needs, your boundaries, and your nervous system. Because going too fast can send you into shutdown, while going too slow can be infuriating. The goal is to find what's right for you. I work with clients who are motivated to explore many different areas of sexuality, including things like expressing your sexual desires to current or future partners, exploring if you might be queer, challenging body image insecurity in sexual relationships, dipping your toes into BDSM or consensual non-monogamy, learning to date after a long time out of the dating pool, exploring sexuality for later in life virgins, and so much more. I want you to have a deeply fulfilling intimate life and together we can help you get there. For more information and to schedule your free, no obligation discovery call, visit leahcarry.com forward slash coaching. That's leahcarry.com forward slash coaching. You mentioned paddling. Did you enjoy that? Yeah. Um, yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. During this sort of off and on summers relationship and any other relationships you might have been having, how were you feeling about your body and about yourself as a sexual being? You know, I'm enjoying it. I've always liked sex. Mm-hmm. And that also kind of was like maybe why it took so long because I'm like, oh, well, you know, I, I really enjoy having sex with women. I really enjoy yeah. pussy, enjoy eating pussy, you know. So I'm like, mm-hmm. I probably have sex with a guy if the situation arose, but I'm like mostly attracted to women. So like why bother coming out as bi? But as far as I felt for like a sexual being, like, yeah, I mean, I felt sexy. Um, actually, there were some times where I didn't feel sexy and that was actually, this is actually kind of the opposite of what, I don't want to say this without misgendering myself. Cause like, you know, obviously I didn't, yeah. I didn't know I was a trans woman back then. So let's just say like, the, yeah. this is kind of the opposite problem that I think a lot of guys have, mm-hmm. which was, for a while in like 2011, we realized later that I had like a hormonal problem with my thyroid, which is probably why. But like I sometimes couldn't come. Like I just couldn't mm-hmm. get there. I could go for like an hour or more. It felt good, but I just like wouldn't get there. Was that frustrating? Yes, it was frustrating. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, it was also very frustrating for her. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. it made her feel like she wasn't attractive. And I was mm, like, no, yeah. no, you're really attractive. I'm really attracted to you. I just, I don't know why I can't. I'm having a good time. It doesn't bother me. But mm-hmm. she kind of made me feel, I felt like I was kind of shamed for it. Mm-hmm. And so honestly, like 
ever since then, you know, like I definitely have enjoyed intercourse since then, but like I always in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, am I going to come? Am I coming too fast? Am I coming too slow? I need to make sure I uh-huh. come, but don't come too quickly. It's like this knife edge balance. And it's yeah. kind of exhausting. Which is very, yeah, it is. <laughs> and it is very common for cis women mm. to live on that knife's oh, edge. Really? Of, yeah. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So are there other major relationships or sexual experiences that we should talk about before we start talking about transition? Um, the w- one that's kind of important because it's with the best friend I mentioned who we uh-huh. were we, we were dating um for a couple of years before we kind of broke up but then like kept hanging out and together and then she's the one I came out to as trans oh. um a couple of weeks ago i was kind of feeling frustrated and just like really i don't know just needed a release needed some stress release so i installed grinder uh-huh and just uploaded some photos and put like by trans woman looking for older daddy DTF and uh-huh. I was kind of flattered by immediately like how many guys wanted to fuck me. Yeah. And so I got, and I actually didn't do it that same weekend, but then, cause I was busy, but then the next weekend I, I, you know, opened grinder again and this hot guy had sent me like some pics of himself and I was like, Hey, do you want to fuck? And uh-huh. he's like, yeah. And I made sure I was like, just to clarify. So, you know, I'm, a trans woman on HRT sick about six months and no surgeries. Is that okay? And he's like, yeah, that's fine. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, you want to meet at this coffee shop? And he's like, yeah. And so I did, I met him there. I felt bad because I was running a little bit late because um, I was, I wore heels for the first time and I walked <laughs> over there and I thought it would yeah. be, it took longer than I thought, but I got there and cause I was late. I felt bad. I'm like, Hey, do you want to just get out of here? And so uh, we, we just took the bus back to my apartment and uh we had sex like i sucked his dick and i realized mm-hmm. that i think i like sucking dick at least as much as i like eating pussy <laughs> i no. like them both but like i was kind of yeah. surprised by how much i enjoyed it mm-hmm. and he fucked me you know, it hurt a little bit but i was learning to relax and i yeah. enjoyed it like girl i came like five times and that wow. thing is now on the hrt i can have multiple orgasms and i don't necessarily ejaculate every time that i have an yeah. orgasm which is really cool i love what it's done for my sexuality and my <laughs> my pleasure it's amazing <laughs> so i'm curious um in terms of orgasm i think that many people associate a cis male's orgasm with ejaculation mm-hmm. like people think that those two things are so intertwined that they are the same mm-hmm. thing which is not necessarily true but when you say that you are now capable of multiple orgasms, but you don't necessarily ejaculate, what does an orgasm feel like to you? It's much more full body. It's like shivers through my body. Um, mm. I definitely get the, the best orgasms from the butt, like from stimulating. Yeah. I have a toy. I have a vibrating butt plug that I love. Mm-hmm. But also, yeah, um, I'm realizing I'm a total bottom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you know, I'm I'm bisexual, but like I've spent most of the past, I mean, pretty well my entire life basically. But like I've been in a relationship with this cis woman for like most of the last ten years, so I kind of into guys now. Again, it's and it's the bi yeah. cycle. I'm sure I'll cycle back, and I definitely still find women very attractive. But like, 
Mm-hmm. Now I'm kind of like making up for lost time, you know, yeah. <laughs> not that I need sure. even out or anything, you know, uh, <laughs> I'm still by no matter who I sleep with. So do you find that there is a significant dating pool for you as a trans woman, whether it's with cis women, cis men, other trans people, non-binary people, do you have a fairly active dating life? Well, yes. So... Like, I've been in, like, a relationship for most of the last decade. Not the same relationship the whole time, but um, although one was for, like, seven years. So, you know, so I'm at a point where, like, I don't want to be in a, anything serious for at least a few years. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, like, dating, dating, you know, and I'm also, I'm in grad school, so I'm, very, I'm too busy for, like, a relationship. I just don't have kind of the energy to worry about someone else and unfortunately that is something i do whether asked or not and it's 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 not mm-hmm. you're not putting it on the other person because it's it's something i do you know but like i tend to be a caretaker and i don't have the energy to worry about someone else's life not to sound yeah. like a bitch or anything but it's just it's just true i just don't i have health issues and it takes all my energy just to take care of myself and you know be healthy and 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 get my try to get yeah. my work done so but you can still date if you're not looking That's, for a yes, relationship. Yes, I can. So are you dating? And I know that you're yes. having sex because you're on yes. Grindr. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I don't have it currently installed. But like when I feel the, the itch again, I will definitely reinstall it. Clearly, there's lots of guys on Grindr that want to have sex with a trans woman, which mm-hmm. I, was, I wasn't sure because I, was, I heard it was like the gay dating app. And I didn't know if it was just gay men or what, but it's, mm-hmm. there's, like, there's trans women on the app too. I haven't seen any trans men, but I don't know, like, mm-hmm. but I would assume so. And the thing is, I, I think I like queer men. Like I like bi and pan men. Mm-hmm. And so obviously I wouldn't expect like a, like a strictly monosexual gay man to be attracted to me. And if he were, that would kind of make me feel dysphoric. Uh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be whatever you want, but uh, <laughs> um, but uh, I'm I'm also a little bit afraid to date straight guys because I'm a little bit worried about like, will they be ashamed to be with me if we get seen? Yeah. Will they try to hurt me? I mean, I'm pretty big still, you know, like I'm large, I'm mm-hmm. tall, so I'm not like I think I can defend myself, but also I definitely I'm sh- I've definitely lost some strength since starting, uh-huh. you know, HRT, so. You know, I don't want to put myself in a situation where someone is trying to hurt me who's probably stronger than me. And again, yeah, not to sure. not to knock straight guys, because like I'm not saying all straight guys are like that. I'm just a little bit nervous, you know? Um Yeah, absolutely. So let's go back and talk about the actual transition. Is it okay yeah. if I ask you some personal anything like questions about the transition? Okay. When did you start hormones? So I started um, spironolactone, which is a testosterone blocker, last August. And then I started estradiol, which is a form of estrogen, within a month, so like September. And that's when what you refer to as HRT. Yes, yeah. HRT is mm-hmm. an acronym for hormone replacement therapy. So in trans women, that's taking a testosterone blocker and estrogen. And then also sometimes nowadays later, uh, progesterone. Mm-hmm. which I am hoping to start sometime this year. My doctor says that you get the best breast growth results if you start that about a year after starting HRT. Okay. So part of the reason I'm so excited to talk with you is that all of the other trans people I've spoken with have been further into their transition, like many years into their transition. So I'm really excited I'm, to- I'm still a baby trans. <laughs> 
hear you like <laughs> what's your experience as this is all developing so what kinds of changes are you seeing in your body but also in your brain and in how you interact with the world so yeah I, this i love to talk about this so the mental and emotional changes were very very soon like so after i started the spironolactone again that was just by itself for a month before i started the estradiol and like the first obviously couple days didn't feel super different and then like maybe two weeks in there were a few days where i suddenly had no willpower like no motivation and that kind of sucked but i got through that and then i felt this sense of calm and Hmm. peace that i hadn't felt in as long as i could remember Hmm. i realized that like the way i used to be with this testosterone coursing through my body like every single day it was like a struggle just to exist like it just it hurt and it Hmm. It just took energy and effort just to get up out of bed and just go through the day. And that was that was gone. Wow. And it's such a huge lift off of my shoulders. And then the estrogen, I was able to actually access my emotions uh, and feel them much more than I ever had hmm. before. And like, I've cried more in the last six to eight months than I have in my entire life. And it's yeah. it's good. I I feel like I've worked through so much... <laughs> So many things uh, because of it, because it's actually being able to feel my emotions and like I can cry much more easily now. And it's wonderful. It's great for the physical changes. There's what I what I mentioned before with the way it's changed my orgasm um, mm-hmm. and my the way I experience pleasure. You know, before when I wasn't on HRT, pleasure was much more located in the penis when I orgasm, it's like very much there, you know, but now it's like full body. Mm. And actually, I remember the time my, my, my best friend, you know, we used to date and that the one I, that I came out to last year, we kind of broke up a few times and, but then we kept kind of hanging out. And I remember like the time that was after I started hormones, we still, had sex a couple times like every month or so and um i remember like the second or third time after starting hrt we did it and i was like this feels different Mm. i feel like i'm having sex as a woman now Mm. it's just such a different feeling in my body it's all throughout my body and i feel this emotional connection that i obviously i always felt emotional i'm not saying i was like this emotionless you know robot before and also it's not to reinforce stereotypes like guys don't have emotions or women are too emotional because i've read um you know testimonies uh from trans guys that i'm mutuals with on twitter that say that like they couldn't cry until they started testosterone and then they were finally Mm -hmm. able to so it's not about like women cry and men don't it's like having the wrong hormones in your body makes it very difficult to be a whole person and feel your emotions Mm -hmm. so and that's the thing yeah it's trans people just are people whose bodies make the wrong hormones Mm -hmm. (laughs) so yeah since you began the hrt when you have sex it feels like you're having sex as a woman Mm -hmm. do you still use your girl dick to penetrate people you know yeah because it's the way when i say i feel like i was having sex as a woman it felt more like I'm describing the way I felt in my body, yeah. the way I felt emotionally. But yeah, because that's what she likes. And I mean, I, I like it too. It feels good. Mm-hmm. Can you still get hard? Yes, but <laughs> it's mm-hmm. not nearly as often. 
And it's actually a relief because it used to be, you know, I, it's like every day sometimes or every other day, kind of depend on what meds I'm on and stuff. But like, like I used to have to like jack off like every afternoon and it's kind of exhausting, mm-hmm. you know, and now <laughs> yeah. when I do feel that when I get horny, it's like, oh, like this is like a treat. This is like a pleasant surprise, not a chore. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I'm horny. You know, I'm going to sometimes sometimes if I'm lazy, I will just still jerk off. But it feels different. So when you masturbate now, how do you masturbate? Oh, like I said, if, if I'm too tired, I will just kind of jerk off. But it's it's different the way I move. It's almost like I'm playing with a really big clit kind mm-hmm. of. Um, mm-hmm. And I'll like touch my thigh and like just feel my breasts. And it's it like I said, it's it's my whole body. Yeah. is uh, an erogenous zone now instead of, mm-hmm. you know, just a small part of it. And, but also, you know, if I'm really feeling it, and especially I was doing this a lot before I got the courage to go on Grindr and, and hook up with a guy, like I was, I would, when I was really feeling it, I would like use my, my toy, uh-huh. my vibrating butt plug and like fuck myself with it. That gives me really good orgasms, mm-hmm. the sensation and and also I would like the type of porn I watched and the way I enjoyed it was different. I started imagining myself as the girl in a lot of them, uh, and also like looking for videos with trans women having sex with cis men, and getting railed, mm-hmm. and like oh, I want that. <laughs> I get so many messages from listeners saying, thank you for the show. I've listened to the whole back catalog and it's helped me completely transform my sex life. Are you one of those people? If so, I'd love to have your support so I can keep growing this show and bringing a new vision of sexuality to the world. If you haven't done it yet, please take a moment to rate and review this podcast. I know the podcast industry does not make reviewing a show easy. So go to ratethispodcast.com forward slash good girls, and it should lead you through the process of posting a review. I'd love to get 100 reviews by the end of the year, and I could use your help. And if you have the financial resources to support the sex-positive work I do, I'd be so grateful for your support at Patreon. Donating the equivalent of a fancy cup of coffee each month might not make a big difference to you, but it makes a huge difference to me. There's no contract or obligation. You can cancel at any time. And... I donate 10% of all proceeds to ARC Southeast, an organization that supports women in the Southeast United States to access reproductive services that are now either illegal or heavily legislated. It's easy to become a patron at patreon.com forward slash good girls talk about sex. And speaking of Patreon... There is a treasure trove of additional audio at Patreon that's free for everyone to listen to. You don't even need to have a Patreon account to access it. Just go to patreon.com forward slash good girls talk about sex to start listening. I appreciate every one of you, whether you're a client, a contributor, a social media follower, or a silent listener. I trust you to know what's right for you. Thank you for being here. 
Now, let's get back to the show. Since you've begun the hormones, uh, it sounds like you've developed a little bit of breast tissue, yes. and it sounds like you want more. Yes, I do. Um, <laughs> I kind of want to be someone's big titty goth girlfriend, <laughs> if I'm honest. Okay. <laughs> so what's your what's your goal? Like, I mean, that's your goal. But do you have like a size or a shape that you want to get to? Okay, so this might be a little unrealistic, but like honestly, I wouldn't mind being like an Amy Villainous kind of. That's a goth model. If you Google, uh-huh. but like, I, I would love to have really big tits. Mm-hmm. So say, I want to get a D cup. I don't need to have them like you know bigger than that, but like it'd be cool if I had a D cup. It helps that I am larger and I'm I'm heavy, and I st- I had a B cup before I started hormones. So actually, oh, okay. my my, my bestie <laughs> measured me. I was a fifty two B. I haven't checked lately, so uh-huh. I don't know if I've like grown. I mean, I've definitely grown, but I don't know if it's like a different cup size. Mm-hmm. So I'm fully out everywhere now, and mm-hmm. I love wearing dresses. Sometimes I wear jeans. My whole wardrobe is pretty much women's clothes at this point, but I, you know, obviously I have some women's jeans, women's pants that I wear to work sometimes, but like I really love wearing dresses and like I wear dresses to work now. Mm -hmm. I get up and do my makeup. It's awesome. But when I put on a bra and I have some bras that have like some pads in them, they're not like ridiculous, but just a little bit padding. Yeah. And like if I put one of those on in a dress, like I have tits. Like pe- mm. I think people can clearly see that I have tits now, and I love it. It's great. Yeah. So, <laughs> do you? <laughs> that's awesome. I'm happy for you. Do you want to get top surgery at some point, or do you want to grow naturally? I am debating because when I first realized I was trans and decided to try hormones, and then I was like, well, you know, all I really want is hormones. I don't need surgery or anything like that. But now I'm like, mm, uh, you know, I'm kind of curious to see how they grow without. Mm-hmm. Since I did start off bigger, um, and I, you know, and they are, do seem to be developing nicely. I'm kind of curious how they grow naturally. But mm-hmm. I recently found out that my insurance does cover top and bottom surgery, so I'm like, no kidding. Maybe I should jump on that while I can. <laughs> Huh. That's a pretty big decision right. to yeah, make exactly. under yes. the gun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. So what are your thoughts about bottom surgery? So I have always thought that women with dicks are beautiful. Mm. You know, ever since I was young looking at stuff online. In mm-hmm. fact, actually one time I do remember like I was walking home from school and I was talking to a couple of my friends who were guys and it was like we were talking about, you know, porn or something. I think I told one of my guy friends that I thought she males were hot. I didn't know at the time, you know, like I... It was a different yeah, world. So, we didn't know. Yeah. And they looked at me like, and they were like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> like, uh-huh. And so I never really talked about that with, with, guy, with guys ever again. Mm-hmm. And now I am the hot tranny that everyone wants to fuck, so... But... <laughs> um, <laughs> but... Uh, I think part of why I didn't necessarily put together that I was trans for a long time was because the way it's presented so much in pop culture, like, I don't know, like, a lot of sitcoms have an episode where, like, an old friend will be back in town and they're Mm -hmm. the opposite sex now. And the way it's, I kind of got this idea from pop culture, you just go and have an operation. This person had a sex operation and now they're the uh, the other gender. And I'm kind of squeamish. I never really liked operations or going to the hospital or surgeries. 
And so that kind of squicked me out when I was younger. And some of that's definitely for mm-hmm. sure internalized transphobia that I need to work through. Um, mm-hmm. But I was like, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I like my penis. I don't want it to get chopped off, which that's not how it works. They don't <laughs> just chop it off. But that's what I thought, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, so part of what allowed me to kind of explore my gender was, first of all, thinking of myself as non-binary and just being able to not be a man. Like, that was an mm. amazing first step. That was just setting down a huge boulder, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. huge weight. Uh, but also realizing that you don't, that it's, transition isn't this one and done procedure that you just go and do. It's this long act of creating yourself and it's open-ended. There's no one thing you have to do. I love putting on makeup and wearing dresses and I'm growing my hair out long. I dyed my hair pink, actually. Um, and yeah. like, I love that, but like some people just wear the same thing they always have. What I think is really cool is there's lots of butch lesbian trans women and like effeminate gay trans guys. Very cool. I, I think that's, you know, mm-hmm. and I, and I did kind of, when I first realized I was trans, I'm like, oh, well, I guess I'm like a trans lesbian. And now I'm like, uh, uh, I'm just bi. I mean, you can be both. I'm not policing anyone's identity, but I'm like, I feel more <laughs> bisexual. Yeah. Again, my newfound appreciation for men. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and what about other things? Like, um, do you want to get voice training at some point? Yes. Uh, my two, I think, biggest sources of dysphoria are my stubble, you know, my, my face and neck hair and my voice. Mm-hmm. And I can do like this nice high femme voice. A little bit, but I can't mm-hmm. keep it up for a long period of time. You know, makes my throat tired. Yeah. It's hard to do early in the mornings or late at night. Mm-hmm. Oh, I had an experience. I think the weekend before I had sex with that guy from Grinder, I was out running some errands and I was at a Target. And because I was like at work, I used the gender neutral restroom because I'm like not ready to bump into like someone who knew me before um sure. but when i'm like out and about and i was like wearing i might have had to do with the fact that someone called me ma'am earlier that day when i was at whole foods Ooh, yeah so i had to go to the i had to pee i was the target and i'm like you know what i'm just gonna use the women's restroom and so i did and i went and i sat down to pee and i hung my coat up and i had my umbrella in my coat and so i peed and then i got up and i was putting my coat on and my umbrella clacked against the other stall uh-huh. And the woman in the other stall was like, is someone knocking? And I just tried to be quiet and I wasn't, but she kept asking and I was like, I'm sorry, it was my umbrella. <laughs> and she's like, what? I think she was hard of hearing or something, but I didn't want to keep talking because I didn't want her to like, yeah, go like, oh my God, there's a man next to me, you know? Yeah. And uh, so I just washed my hands and left. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, when if I'm wearing a coat, and I used to have this big man coat, but now I have a women's coat, which I think helps a lot. But when I'm wearing a coat, and especially I had my like my I had a hat on, you know, people can just see my eyes if I have mascara on and like eyeshadow and makeup. People just see a tall woman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, if I don't say anything or if I use my high voice, then mm-hmm. I think I do pass better than I think I do. That's the thing. I think most trans people do pass better than they think they do. Mm-hmm. Cause like I actually have noticed a few times now. Men have let me go ahead of them in line at the grocery store. And like oh. one man moved over and offered me his seat on the bus. 
Oh my goodness. Like, I think I passed better than I thought I did. Or wow. they're just being polite, mm-hmm. which either way, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Is passing an important thing to you? It depends on the situation. Because, like, personally, like, no, I'm very much proud to be queer. I mean, I my hair's pink, you know. I I I <laughs> part of me is like aggressively like you know, I'm here, I'm queer deal with it. Mhm. But definitely there are situations like sometimes it's easier to just like I don't like everywhere I go just people seeing oh look, you know, look at the tranny and I am aware that I have a much higher likelihood of getting hate crimes now. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, yeah it's and I think especially for trans feminine people, it's it's a safety issue. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I would like to be able to pass if I so desire. We'll mm-hmm. put it as that. But I, in terms of like my politics, no, I'm like full liberation, not assimilation. You know, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, as a practical matter, passing or at least being able to is is important. I have heard a narrative that says the pandemic was actually really great for people who were discovering their trans identity, Mm -hmm. but I haven't really talked to anybody personally. So can you tell me what it was like for you having this whole awakening during a time when everybody was shut in their homes? Yep. Yeah, that was me. I kind of had this feeling in like 2020, actually, that I needed to just spend some time with myself because I've been in relationships for most of the last decade, and I'm like, I need to kind of reconnect with myself. Mm-hmm. I pretty quickly in 2021 started playing around with my gender and presentation. I started uh, playing Stardew Valley again and put the name Kelly and chose a female avatar. Uh-huh. So it's, it's actually funny how I chose the name Kelly. It was actually my nickname when I was little. No kidding. The boys in my class started making fun of me for it because they said it was a girl's name. And what's funny is for years and years, I had to ask my relatives, pretty much my mom's side of the family, but not inclusively, but like mostly my mom's side of the family to stop calling me dead name, my full name, you know. Is that okay with you to have your dead name on this podcast? I don't love hearing it. Okay. I'll take it Sometimes... I use it when referring to him. Mm-hmm. I do think of him as like kind of a an aspect of myself, um, sort of like a mm-hmm. shell or suit of armor that I created. Like a, mm-hmm. and so I, when I personally am thinking of him, I do use the pronouns him and and, but I don't like when other people say that name. Yeah, I rather they just don't. <laughs> so yeah, sure. Um, so you were talking about asking family to not use. Yeah. So for years, I was like asking my my mom's side of the family to stop calling me Kelly because, you know, I was kind of associated with like bullet being bullied and, and trauma and stuff. And then I, I remember thinking, like, wouldn't it be hilarious if it turned out I was trans and like I started going by <laughs> Kelly again and I had to ask them to start calling me Kelly again? Oh, oh, that'd be God, funny, huh? Funny. Wouldn't that be cool? Maybe I should just do that just, just as a prank. Like, that'd be fun. <laughs> the, one, the thing that kind of blew my mind was was figuring out that wanting to be trans is the same thing as being trans. Mm. Like I said, there were going back, there were signs, and there were times where I thought... Like, I Actually, I remember when I was real little, when I was like, you know, like first, second grade, like elementary school or something, thinking... 
how cool would it be to get to be like a girl for a weekend and just like stay in bed and play with your boobs all weekend? <laughs> I thought that was typical cis boy thoughts. Like boys mm. like boobs, right? So like who wouldn't want right. to have their own boobs? Apparently, cis straight guys don't want to be girls. <laughs> sounds sounds sus to me, but anyway. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned um, talking to your family about uh, your name change. Yes. What was it like for you coming out to your family as trans? Um. Yeah. So I like I wasn't too worried. I didn't think they would be like disown me or anything. There was kind of a funny misunderstanding, though, because I had told my mom that I was non-binary, and it was kind of explained to her what that meant. And I also told my dad that. And what's funny is he told me that he's always felt like a lesbian in a man's body. And I'm like, mm. Really? Wow. I don't want to have that conversation with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but... um. <laughs> So, uh, you know, so, but then he, and I was explaining to him what that meant too. And they were both like, you know, we love you. We just want you to be happy, whatever that means. But then I, that I like really fully like decide, made the conscious decision, like, okay, I'm non-binary. I'm not a man. I want to explore and find out how I want to present, like where my gender kind of lies on the spectrum. So I ordered some women's clothes. I ordered a green dress and a denim jacket. It's kind of an ugly dress now, but it was like my first dress. So, you know. Yeah, it's a big deal. <laughs> and I, yeah, I got this like kind of denim jacket. It's a little bit gay looking. It's, I, I love it. It's cool. Um, it's a women's jacket. And yeah, so I was wearing those and, you know, I ordered some, some panties, some underwear. Um, and I just started wearing clothes, like, you know, wearing that in my own apartment. And I was watching, I started watching a lot of like, trans youtubers mm-hmm. and like kind of going like wow this actually makes a lot of sense what they're saying and i relate yeah. to to this a lot and so then that weekend so it was like the 21st i think of may last year i went over to my my friends my, my besties condo and i had told her that i was non-binary like a couple months earlier and she told me she actually kind of didn't feel like i was a straight guy from the beginning i'm like oh well, you're yeah. very intuitive Fun fact, in 2019, we had been Snapchatting each other and I was playing around with the gender filter on Snapchat and I took some selfies of me like as a woman and I'm like, oh, I'm pretty cute as a girl. (laughs) And I actually used it to take a picture of her, but as a man and I'm like, you're kind of hot actually as a guy. I mean, you know, you're hot as a woman too, but I'm just saying like, you're hot either way. (laughs) Um, And... That's what I mean when, like, it's hard to say when you realize you were trans because so much, of it, so much of it is unconscious, at least for me. Yeah, sure. But yeah, so I I was kind of wringing my hands, like, am I really going to come out to her? What's she going to say? Like, I thought she'd be cool because, like, she had, like most of her friends are, like, or a lot of her friends are gay. You know, she's very accepting. So, but it was still, still kind of nerve-wracking, you know? And so I of said, course. like, hey, I want to show you something. Like, I'll be right back up. And I put on my dress and my jacket and some like kind of wow. like tortoiseshell glasses that I think I borrowed from mm-hmm. her. And it was, I had, my hair was super short because I had just buzzed it because I was, it was like really hot that summer. Mm-hmm. And it might've also been like an unconscious sort of last act of denial. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I looked very butch actually looking back on it, which is cool. But I definitely, I definitely 
do prefer having longer hair now. So, yeah. um, but I put on my dress and my jacket and I went back upstairs and I walked over to her and she looked at me and I just said, P I'm trans. And I just hugged her and I started crying and Aww. she was like, Oh, it's okay. <laughs> you know, and she was, and she gave me some wigs to try on. She let me keep uh-huh. some. She let me try on some of her clothes, her nightgowns. Um, and, I put on the wigs and like I felt so happy, Aww. you know, like just, as a woman, like just yeah. felt incredible. And, and she was just so wonderful. She's been there for me, and I love her so much. And she's my best that is friend. Amazing, in the world. <laughs> yeah. yeah, awesome. I want to transition us to the Q and A, which is going to be fairly short because a lot of these questions don't actually ap- apply to you. Okay. Um, <laughs> I just said that very inelegantly. It's not that they don't apply to you. It's I didn't take offense. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> I, right, I assume cool. you mean they're like later transition questions or? No, they're about people who have vaginas. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that's not me. Not yet anyway. Okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right. Um, but I'll ask you the ones that do. And now it's time for the lowdown. The things we're dying to know, but would usually be too polite to ask any good girl. Um, What's the approximate number of sex partners you've had? Uh, Four. What's your favorite sex toy? Uh, I'm definitely my my vibrating butt plug. What's your favorite sex position? So, okay, I have have two. Uh When I was... You know, living as a man, and when I was giving, I always liked kind of like, I'm kind of up on my knees, like up straight, and I'm topping, you know, like, and she's kind of, um, letting like enter her kind of like missionary, but mm-hmm. then if I kind of like fold her legs over, so it's like, like sideways, mm-hmm. you know, or like put one leg up on my shoulder, like that, I've always really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Although I also like being on the bottom, like having her ride. Yeah. That feels good too. Um, but I gotta say, having a man put my ankles on his shoulders yeah. and pound me, missionary, was fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> that's definitely up there. I think it's too recent for me to like rank it objectively. Yeah. But it's a current but favorite. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Excellent. I'm glad. And like I said, I am on kind of like a dude's rock kind of you know kick right now so (laughs) all right what's your favorite thing to do to your partner during sex play um i love pleasing my partner i love oral i've eaten pussy a lot (laughs) in my life uh i also love analingus Mm -hmm. i eat ass i really enjoy that and 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 like i recently discovered like i really enjoy sucking dick too and also, I like to give massages. I like to put lotion on mm-hmm. and rub rub my partner's back. Yeah. You know, and like really like kind of get that tension out. Yeah, I know it's like a million answers you asked for favorite. No, that's okay. So, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of touch do you enjoy receiving the most? And also, I recognize that this may be changing because your hormones yes, are changing. Yes, it is definitely changing because, yeah, hormones Hormones definitely they affect the way that I feel pleasure and the way I get horny. And I think definitely they also are affecting my preferences and yeah. like 
orientation a little bit if that they haven't changed like i've always been bisexual they haven't changed Mm -hmm. my orientation but i do feel more attracted to men now and some of that is working through internalized homophobia i think but some of it is like definitely i think the estrogen because like i used to be attracted to like women and like femme guys Mm -hmm. you know like femme boys now i like manly men like (laughs) i like beards you know like i want a daddy (laughs) you know someone who's gonna take charge (laughs) What's your favorite part of your body? I would have to say probably my tits and my legs. Ah. I love my tits because I've always wanted tits. And I realized as soon as I realized that I'm going to go on hormones and I'm really excited about this. My number one like thing that I wanted was I wanted my breasts to grow bigger. Yeah. I wanted boobs because for me, I don't know, that's just always been like something that I appreciate about women. And so it's something that, it, you know, I associate it's like being a woman and I mm-hmm. just I want to have, I think having breasts makes people at least not immediately assume that I'm a man, you know? Yeah, yeah, sure. What is something about your current sex life that isn't quite as satisfying as you'd like it to be? I mean, it would be nice to just be able to like get railed on, on, on demand without having <laughs> to like, okay, like is this guy going to hurt me? Like, where should I meet? And it would be cool to just be able to like have the guy come over. Mm -hmm. But I like, I'm not going to just like, I'm going to meet in a public place first. Yeah. Especially like as a trans woman, I have to be careful. I have to be aware. And also just, you know, I'm tired in grad school and some of my health issues. And I think the estrogen too makes me sleepy. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times like, I'm like, I'm kind of horny, but I'm more sleepy. So I'm just going to go to bed. I think there are a lot of people who can relate to that. (laughs) (laughs) What belief did you have about sex as a child or teenager that you wish you could go back and correct yourself on now? If I could go back and tell myself, hey, idiot, you're a girl, I would definitely do that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you know what? I guess actually maybe like, because I definitely absorb some harmful ideas about trans women from my peers like i remember and a lot of this stuff is coming back to me now mm-hmm. uh but i remember in like i think like elementary school so i don't know where these other kids were hearing this stuff but like and also like middle school i remember some of my male classmates like telling me some really vicious things about trans women mm-hmm. like they didn't use that word but i remember like one kid told me that there were some gay men who cut their dicks off in order to look like a woman and like lore little boys. And I was oh, like, wow. and like that fucked me up for a sure. long time. And like also stuff like, you know, Mrs. Garrison on South park and like family guy had, you know, has some jokes. Trans women are the butt of a, so many jokes in, yeah. in pop culture, in movies like mm-hmm. Ace Ventura. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the punchline. It's yeah. Yeah. So you, you absorb that. But yeah, I mean, I think I would just kind of erase sort of all the harmful stereotypes and and lies that I absorbed from society about people like me. Well, I hope that we can do better by the next generation. Yes, I hope so. Kelly, thank you so much for having this conversation with me. It's been amazing. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you. That's it for today. Before we go, I want to remind you that the things you may have heard about your sexuality aren't true. You are worthy. You are desirable. You are not 
broken. As a sex and intimacy coach, I will guide you in embracing the sexuality that is innately yours, no matter what it looks like. To set up your free discovery call, go to leahcarry.com forward slash coaching. If you have questions or comments about anything you've heard on the show, call and leave a message at 720-GOOD-SEX. Full show notes and transcripts for this episode are at goodgirlstalk.com. And you can follow me at goodgirlstalk on the socials for more sex positive content. If you're enjoying the show, please take a moment to leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, or if you're using another podcast app, go to ratethispodcast.com forward slash goodgirls. While listening to this show is free, producing it is not. If my work is meaningful to you, and you have a few dollars to support it each month, I'll gratefully accept your patronage at Patreon. Find out more and become a community member at patreon.com forward slash good girls talk about sex. Good girls talk about sex is produced by me, Leah Carey, and edited by Gretchen Kilby. I have additional administrative support from Lara O'Connor. Transcripts are produced by Jan Asiello. Until next time, here's to your better sex life.